This is Owen Tinder Jones. I'm Owen Vaughan Williams. This is Tash Harden. And you are listening to the Owen Tinder Podcast. Hello and welcome to today's mini podcast from Coleman Had a Dream. Today we're going to be looking at managers. I'm not sure about favourite, but I think in Di's case, it probably is definitely a favourite manager. Absolutely. Why don't you kick off? Um, there's two There's two big ones. The obvious one for me is Chris Coleman. I think he has changed, um, and is not just him, but has changed Welsh football forever with what we achieved in 2016. And, you know, we've talked enough about about that summer and I, I know never we'll never ever get bored of it but I think what he brought to Welsh football and what he has done to develop us as a football nation and the way we play and everything we have achieved I think he can't not go down as one of my managerial heroes because he's given us as Wales football fans everything really um from another personal perspective, my favourite manager of all time, and I would argue with anyone, this is the hill I think I'm willing to die on, um, that Sir Bobby Robson is the greatest British manager of all time. Um, and I know he's not one as much as Fergie, blah, 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 but he is and was just a, not only a superb football manager, but just such a genuinely nice and warm, honest person. And, um, you know, I think it's easy to kind of compare him to what he achieved in the in the more modern setting. I think, you know, from my angle, he took Newcastle from I think we were bottom but one of the league. And we ended he ended up, you know, we were title challengers for a couple of years. We faded off toward the end, but he got us in the Champions League and we were bottom of the league when he took over. He revitalized Alan Shearer's career. But it's so easy to forget that he has managed and won everywhere in Portugal in Holland in Spain he, you know back in the UK uh, with Ipswich um he was a absolutely superb football manager and as i say just the nicest man and i cannot watch him getting his lifetime achievement award um on from BBC Sports personality without filling up because it, it just comes across his warmth and his, his, his genuineness, if that's a word. Um, and let's not forget, of all the things he did, he still came back and beat cancer so many times and um, he was just an unbelievable person and he's like a genuine hero of mine. And you know, I, I know no one who's listened to this podcast will want to celebrate the achievement of an English football team, but he got beaten in the, I think, quarterfinals or last 16 by that Argentina hand of God, um, you know, which is completely out of his hands and so desperately unlucky. He got beaten on penalties when England could have gone on to, to, to be in a World Cup final. Um, he was just a superb man and I genuinely miss him every day. He's a, he's a, he was a great manager and such a lovely guy and I, I, there's no contest for me that he's the greatest British manager of all time. I do think Bobby Robson is an interesting character because it's relatively rare, isn't it, in his industry to be as successful as as he was and and still be a genuinely decent human being and your kind of cuddly uncle character. He's he got a lot of time for him. I'll be honest. Absolutely. While we're talking 
international managers, I'll always doff my cap at, at Mike England. I think the success we had in the 80s, um, it was very important, I think, in kind of stabilising and maintaining a, a, almost a presence for a, a Welsh international team. You know, there was quite an agenda when the home nations um, finished. You know, there was quite a push externally for, you know, do we do we even merit an international team? Is there any point in this ha- having an international team? And I think the success that we had uh, um, under his uh, steerage was was really important in in maintaining you know our presence as a as a national team and and obviously we didn't quite make it to the tournaments but he still had a very successful period we only only actually lost 10 games in the eight years that that he oh, wow. was in charge uh, but looking at kind of bigger picture stuff I and this is a kind of predictable one but I would always put Rydis Michaels as just the manager that changed football as we know it, really. I don't think that you can underestimate the impact that Ajax and then Barcelona and those Dutch teams had on football. And I think in terms of revolutionising the game, I think he is just the key manager you know everything that we now think of as as beautiful football comes from his tactical decisions and and his emphasis on space rather than marking and and just it was the key shift I think in in football and when you first saw his teams in I the 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 one I remember seeing, obviously, is the is the Dutch playing Germany in the seventy four final. I don't particularly remember. I would have been six or seven at the time. I don't particularly remember the details of it. I remember more my kind of dad's reaction that, like, like this this is why we watch football. Yeah. This is what it should be like. Um, to the point where I think even my mum was well. If football always is sort of like this, <laughs> I might even watch it. You know, uh, and I. You know, even now that you see echoes in, you know, Saatchi's play, obviously Cruyff with Barcelona, Guardiola, they're all, you know, sons and grandsons of Michels in terms of their the journey that they're on and the football that they're producing. So I think he would always be top of my list just for the impact that he had on the game. I think he genuinely changed the game. No, I think that's fair. And I think sometimes we all look at these modern managers like your Guardiolas and Klopp's and all this and the impact they've had. And don't get me wrong, it's unarguably a a massive impact on modern football. But it's also easy to forget that those principles were developed a different, you know, a a while ago. and We just didn't see them in in English football and and British football uh, up until fairly recently, really. Um, and I think people forget that. I think for me, one of the other people, and again, I know this won't be popular, but um, I think Jose Mourinho has had an impact on football management um, in a way which I don't think many before him have. Um, and the only other person I can think of, and I don't think we can do a, a, a podcast on managers without mentioning him either, is the similarities for me between him and Brian Clough in the the kind of cult of personality and um, 
they managed to get players to play above themselves because of the way they were. And it was obviously, I'm, you know, there was definite tactical acumen and all this other stuff, but a lot of it was based around who they were. And like that fascinates me. And I think what Brian Clough did to get that Nottingham Forest team up, then win the league, then win the European Cup, um, I think was just unprecedented. And it just wouldn't happen today. Um, but it, for me, it's the, the cult of personality um, that fascinates me. And I, there's this brilliant story um, that always comes to mind when I think of him. And it was before one of the uh, semi-finals that uh, Forrest were playing. And I think it was against Benfica. And all the players were in the dressing room and kind of like, where's the boss? Where's the gaffer? And uh, he was nowhere to be seen. And about 10 minutes to go before kickoff, he just walks in with wellies, a, like a rain jacket on and a shovel over his shoulder and just stuck his head in the dressing room door and just went, just another game, lads, just another game. And walked off. And that was all he said. And everyone was just like, oh, fair enough. And, and obviously they won and, and went on to the European Cup final. But like to have that sort of control over people through your personality and, you know, that sort of thing blows my mind. And I think Jose is someone who did that. And, you know, when he did that, obviously, you know, the interview talking about I am the special one and all of a sudden it did become about him and he became headline news and everyone stopped really talking as much about what the team was doing. And all of that is definitely calculated. He knows what he's doing. And I feel like he's lost his way a bit now because football has developed and you do have to be a bit more tactically astute. And I'm not sure how tactically astute he is in in the modern game compared to others. But um, I think that cult of personality thing between him and Clough kind of fascinates me. And when Jose first came into football, um, I was I was going to say besotted. That's the wrong word, but I was I was fascinated by him. Yeah, I think there's. It feels like times have moved on a bit, have doesn't it? I think that that sort of all powerful coach is the that as a kind of tactic almost is wa- is waning now. I'm sure it'll cycle back. These things do. Yeah. Um, but now the sort of light touch actually seems to be in vogue, doesn't it? Rather than the somewhat sort of domineering approach that yeah. those, you know, the two that you've mentioned have had. I suppose you have to have some sort of like controlling aspect. Like, I don't know if, if you've seen the Man City um, documentary that's on Amazon Prime, but it, you you can see how soft relatively speaking Pep is at, at times and how he kind of speaks to the players and how other times he's so kind of explosive and there's this brilliant thing and I'm, apologies in advance that I'm going to swear but there's this brilliant thing where they've just played one game and they need to win one more game to win the league um, I think they've just had they've just won the FA Cup or something uh, or the League Cup and he's like they're in the middle of a training session he's stopping the training session and he just said you tired fuck you you're tired fuck you and he's like giving them the middle finger as he's doing it and it's just like this is insane <laughs> how how can people react to this but they do and, and and it works and it's interesting how those people you know can come across a certain way and you obviously have to be so like I said soft is the wrong word but you have to be so aware of what players are you know how they respond to things these days compared to like Jose did kind of being a bit of a bastard about it and and, and Cluffy similar but it is it is fascinating to me and, and if anyone hasn't seen the Man City documentary it's not you know 
it's not brilliant TV or anything, but it is fascinating watching him and watching Guardiola and how he deals with certain things and how he speaks to the players. I thought was uh, was really interesting. Um, I think again by the silence, I take it that we're all done. Um, so this one will need some editing, but there you go. Um, thank you very much for listening. If you want to tell us who your favourite managers are and why, please do. Please get in touch with us uh, and tell us who they are. Thanks for listening. Bye bye.